amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to this installment of the Diardo Show. We had a bye week, but we're back. It's playoff time. This is uh, Brian Diardo, my guest, or my co host, not my guest, Brian Rosen, joining us also on the show today. Got to talk Cavs basketball. They're going to be playing the Indiana Pacers in the first round. We got Columbus Blue Jackets hockey. They just finished their first game, and Brian is going to have to, to be honest, talk me off the ledge about baseball because I'm already ready to throw in the towel. So, uh, Brian, how you doing tonight, man? How's how's everything going for you out in Denver? This is probably not the best night for me to talk anybody off a ledge because I'm in the kind of mood that I kind of want to find my own ledge and jump off of it. Um, so I I will do the best I can to provide – you know, some rationality when it comes at least to baseball, because I don't have any anger with baseball right now. It's pretty much everything else I'm angry about. Um, but I don't know, I'm doing all right. You know, it's a frustrating day today. Rob Manfred, that weasel piece of crap, you know, is making it his, his, his mission as a white man, because he has to be very offended by Chifuahu for no reason. He's making it a big issue, and it really, really angers me, and I'm very unhappy about it. And I don't want to talk honestly more about it. I really don't because I'm very rational about this issue when I'm rational, but I just can't be right now. I'm so frustrated and so upset by this jerk off and uh, by a lot of people that um, have this white guilt thing that I just don't understand uh, if it makes people feel better. I, I don't know, but I don't want to talk anymore about that. Um, but yeah, you know what? Ultimately I'll be good. Once the Cavs playoffs start, which I'm guessing will be Sunday, we should know by the time most of you listen to this podcast, I'll be good. I'm excited the Jackets have started despite a, a tough first game in Pittsburgh. But, uh, you know, um, I'll, I'll be all right. Let's, uh, let's start with whatever you want to start with. We can start with we'll a little baseball, Cavs, Pens, Jackets. Uh, I'll go whatever direction your little heart desires. I'm going to steal I'm going to steal something from you real quick Mr. Rosen. I know for for those of you that know Brian, he's done his Rosings rumblings. Well, here here's my best impression of Rosen's rant. Here's here's the Diardo rant and we normally do a love it or hate it, but I I'm going to start with I'm a, I'm a I suffer from short man syndrome or or little man anger if if you've heard of that. Um a lot of short people like to overcompensate their shortness for, you know, having an edge to them. <laughs> Uh, you know, I guess think of Steve Smith, uh, you know, former NFL receiver. So my quick rant is on ESPN this morning. They were talking about how this was the greatest single season in NBA history. That could not be further from the truth. I mean, I look just to a year ago, uh, this time, season finale a year ago, a regular season finale, you had on the same night Golden State going for 73 wins, an NBA record, which they got at the same time you had Kobe Bryant scoring 60 in his final game. I can go back one year to show you a better regular season. You know, I know Harden had a nice season. You know, I know that, that, that Westbrook had the triple-double. But what – I mean, this was, this was, in my opinion, a forgettable regular season. And, and really, the, the mockery of it with the players resting 
and uh, that, that continued tonight when you could have had a very exciting finish for the regular season and you didn't have it. I mean, the Heat, I'm sorry, the Cavs pretty much conceded the number one seed, which the Celtics have, and you've got, uh, you know, the, the Bulls just blowing out a Nets team that didn't start, didn't dress anybody. I mean, the, the, what, what a melodramatic. I mean, the only thing that was dramatic the last couple of games was, was, was Tony Romo going to play in a game? Which, which the NBA commissioner didn't let him play, but they let him dress. It's me. It's like if you're going to let someone dress, you may as well let him play. Like you've already kind of crossed the bridge. You may as well go through it. And uh, to me, uh, this was a very forgettable regular season. It was kind of a mockery at the end because, like you said, Brian, I mean, the Cavs pretty much, they conceded the top seed. They don't care about the top seed. Uh, they're going to have the Pacers in the first round, which – you know, the Heat didn't make it after their 11-30 and 30 start. They finished 41-41, which, you know, that's commendable. But, you know, as you said off the air, Brian, uh, whatever, you know, you can't start 11-30 and 30 and then now feel bad you didn't make the playoffs. You dug your own grave. Uh, it, it must be doubly fatal for Miami because now you have to watch Cleveland face the old uh, Miami-LeBron rival in, Indi- in Indiana. Uh, but, Brian, I, I think you're probably happy that they didn't get the Bulls, right? I mean, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about – how the Cavs shape up here going into the playoffs. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I didn't want the Bulls. It was a terrible end to the regular season. Um, but, but I do want to respectfully disagree. You know, that's what we do here. Um, I, I think you're overreacting, in my opinion, to the end of the regular season, and you're making that impact the overall regular season. Um, just because the last game was exciting, the last night of the regular season was exciting last year, and it was awful this year, doesn't take away from the fact that from an individual performance perspective, you saw so many great things. Everyone's talking about Harden and Westbrook, and they should. They both had amazing years. I give Harden so much credit for what he did with a team that was lousy, and they got rid of that idiot Dwight Howard, and it worked out. And great year for, for James Harden. And Russell Westbrook had one of the best individual regular seasons ever. So awesome job by those guys. But you also had Kawhi Leonard, who's like another Tim Duncan he just happens to be one of the best basketball players. I think the number, what did I say, number three, number two or three basketball player in the game. I mean, I, I, I'd probably put him two. I'd probably go LeBron, him, and then Westbrook. That would probably be my order. Um, and then, I don't know, between Harden and Durant at this point, that would probably be my, my final five. But I, I think Kawhi Leonard had a tremendous year. Isaiah Thomas had a had a, had a, had a you know, there's other seasons he may have been, you know, warranted some real, uh, um, you know, a real candidacy for the MVP. I think it was a great individual regular season. Uh, the Cavs were awful. It's been two of the last three months, and I guess we'll say, you know, it's been a month and a half really is probably a better way of looking at it. It's just been so awful. I mean, the Cavs have they had the one great game where they crushed Boston, and that was it. it. It's been awful. The effort's been pathetic, and that starts with LeBron James, who really has is there's no pedestal for him to preach at. Yes, his numbers were tremendous. They ended up being statistically, I think, better than he's maybe ever had. Uh, but his effort was awful. You know, I I don't know really what to say about a lot of a lot of kind of different things at this point. You know, Kyrie Irving. Uh, just it was bad. You know, it's awful. It's very frustrating, and, and I'm trying to, you know, ultimately not overreact too much. But I'm, I'm afraid, I'll admit, I've come on here 
on all I've said to you guys is it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. The Cavs, it's already over. The Cavs won the East and blah, 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 and this and that. And, like, I can tell you that I definitely still expect the Cavs to, uh, you know, to get it done. I still expect the Cavs to, to make the NBA Finals. But I am a little worried for the first time all year just because the defense has been so awful, the effort's been so bad. And bigger picture, too, I'm very concerned about a few key guys on the team. I'm not worried about LeBron and Kyrie at all because they're so special. They can flip the switch. But I have legitimate concerns about some other guys on this team. I mean, hopefully Tristan Thompson's healthy enough and can be effective. J.R. Smith was very important to the Cavs, offensively and defensively. I feel feel for him. He's had a really tough year with the injury and far more important than anything we're ever going to talk about sports-wise with his young daughter who, who thank God, seems to be, you know, hopefully doing a little bit better. But she was, like, I think, four or five months premature. He's had just a miserable year on the court and an even worse year off the court. And I really don't have confidence in him right now. Yvonne Shepard just – it's like every day the guy gets older and worse. He's awful defensively right now. And so, I mean, the role players on this team leave me very nervous. So, I gave you a lot there. Like I said, I'm very fired up today. Oh, man, I feel you. I feel you. And, and you know what? As you were saying, you know, I probably overreacted a little bit. I, a very cool moment at the, the uh, Oklahoma City game where Oscar Robertson, the last player to average uh, a triple-double for a season, uh, was at – the Oklahoma City game, which I thought was really, really cool. So, you know, there, there were, you know, and they had a little celebration for Westbrook. So that was a cool moment. I guess I just remember the thrilling, you know, and I was a Laker. I'm a Kobe guy. So uh, the thrilling ending there was, uh, I, I guess I'm just stuck on that. But let's real quick, if you guys don't mind, out, let's reprise what's going on right now. So you got Boston, Chicago, round one, uh, Cleveland, Indiana, Toronto, Milwaukee, who cares? <laughs> I mean, Toronto should, should romp on that. And then Atlanta, Washington, which that, that one uh, is interesting to me because John Wall is kind of one of the most, in my opinion, one of the most underrated players in the league. They're 49-33. and 33. They've got Oklahoma City's old coach out there now. That should be a really good series. You know, Atlanta was just a few years ago the number one seed, a 60-win team. They're now down to 43-39. and 39. Uh, That should be a, a really good series. Then over in the West, Golden State, Portland. Portland, one of the hottest teams, you know, in the league the second half of the year. San Antonio, Memphis. Memphis, you know, they're always a perennial playoff team. Houston, Oklahoma City. That, to me, uh, is the series I'm most excited for out in the West. Uh, That should be a good series between two. Probably the MVP of the league, Westbrook and the runner-up, and and Harden. Then you've got the uh, Clippers and the Jazz. The Clippers, the perennial underachievers. It'll be interesting to see if they can finally break through. Uh, and make the playoffs against a very well-coached uh, Jazz team. Denver, the first team not to make it in the West. Heat, first team not to make it in the East. And Detroit, who, you know, I'm surprised they didn't make it. You know, they were a team last year, albeit got swept by Cleveland. Uh, they were gritty in those games. They don't make the playoffs this year. Brian, uh, one thing, too, real quick on the DR Road show. Um want to ask you, you had seen any of the excerpts from Brian Winhurst's uh, book about LeBron James and just the whole Cavs situation. If you haven't, I'm going to illustrate it for you real quick. Uh, an insert that I saw that was fantastic, an excerpt rather, was Winters was explaining uh, the whole situation, how LeBron came back to Cleveland. And the thing that I took away from it, LeBron has the most power of any athlete ever in any sport. 
ever. And I think, to be honest with you, Brian, uh, he's learned um, from the mistakes that, that Kobe and Jordan made. Kobe had a lot of power, but he used it to get rid of Shaquille O'Neal, which, in my opinion, I mean, I, I was never the same Kobe fan after that. He broke up that team. And, uh, you know, Jordan didn't have that power. I mean, think about this. You know, Michael Jordan is the greatest player ever at 35, fresh off of his third straight title. He couldn't convince Scottie Pippen and Phil Jackson and everybody to stick around in Chicago, and he pretty much was forced to retire. LeBron has more power than any athlete I've ever seen. And, you know, now kind of, you know, curtailing that back into our playoff conversation, Brian, uh, I'm not afraid of, with, with the Cavs at all. They remind me, to be honest, of like the late 80s Lakers at this point uh, or the um, early 2000s Lakers where, you know, the last two Laker teams, Kobe and Shaq, that won titles, they didn't give a single crap about having uh, home court. You know, the last two years they won the finals, you know, they had to go to San Antonio on the road uh, and they had to go through, um, you know, they, they had to go through the Kings. So and they and they did and so I think for LeBron I think for LeBron he might be bored in all honesty man it might just be like hey you know now let's see if we can go on the road in the Eastern Conference Finals and win that might make it interesting so no I, that, to me this whole regular season was just to get healthy get through get a get a one or two seed and you know get get back to the finals round three Golden State and. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, and I'm going to ask you real quick, Brian. I mean, I think we both think Cleveland's going to go. I think you're going to get that tattoo. I don't think there's any way around it. But do you see any situation? I mean, do you, do, you, do, you see, do you think San Antonio can beat them at all? I mean, do you think there's a chance that it could be Cleveland-San Antonio? I don't know. I I really I, – I don't think it's going to happen just because I really don't think that it's a good matchup for them. I still think Golden State matches up well at all. Um, with I take it back. I'm sorry. I don't think San Antonio matches up at all well with Golden State. So I don't think it's going to happen. Um, but, yeah, and again, I'm not worried about LeBron. I'm not worried about Kyrie. I'm worried about, you know, most of the rest of the team. And I think it's, you know, and I'm not really worried about even too much about Kevin Love. Um, he's obviously going to have to play great, and they're all going to have to play great. I mean, the defense was historically bad. I mean, it's always awful. You know, you don't win championships with defense this bad usually. You also don't beat the best regular season team in NBA history often. So, a lot, everyone, you know, Jason Lloyd, who I love, I feel the way about Jason Lloyd that you feel about, you know, a lot of other people that I hate, in all honesty, you know. But yeah. uh, but I I love the guy. He's the best writer, the best Cavs writer, best writer in Cleveland in general. He writes for the Athletic. Now, proud paid subscriber of uh, subscriber of for him. I love the guy, um, and, and he made a great point. His final thoughts uh, a couple of games ago, which, and I agree with it. This is going to either be a, they're either going to you know flip the switch and they're going to be a classic great team, or they're going to be vulnerable. Not, I don't think they'll be vulnerable in the first round, but they'll they'll you know they'll they'll, they'll be capable of losing as early as the second round. When 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 you, when you don't play any defense, uh, you know, hopefully you can flip the switch. And again, I still. I'll still be disappointed and surprised if the Cavs don't get out, but I can't. I have to reverse what I've said the entire time. They are so awful defensively, and so many guys, you know, you count on so much, um, you know, J.R. Smith, who's been terrible, and Shumpert's the worst, and uh, the, the, there's no backup big that, that's any good. I mean, I, <laughs> I don't have any confidence really in, in Channing Fry. You know, Kyle Korver can't really defend. So I, I don't know. I don't, Darren Williams is awful. 
I don't know what to make of the, of the second unit, and I just don't know what to make of this team. So hopefully I'm just overreacting, and, and I did just find out, which I'm also angry about, that the Cavs, are, every year they're on Sunday, and I and guess apparently they're going to be on at, at 3 o'clock Eastern time on Saturday. So like one of the first games, I imagine, of the playoffs, which I hate, but whatever. That's just me. I just would prefer not to have that game on Saturday. Um so I I don't know I don't know but uh, because this is going to be a bit of an abbreviated podcast we do need to move a little bit and I think we should talk a little bit of, of hockey you know your two favorite teams but you know the, the Penguins hosting the Blue Jackets three to one victory and from the Blue Jackets perspective Brian pointing and I think I think from the Pens perspective you have to be thrilled is is it fair to say right that like the first period of this game was dominated. By the, the Jackets? I mean, I think it was like, I think the Penguins had two or three shots in the entire three. first period. Yeah. Yeah. They, the Jackets came out, played great. Everyone talked about, you know, at the beginning, it was like, oh, my God, uh, Marc-Andre Fleury's in there. We got a shot. Murray's hurt. And there's, you know, feel, and then you have a great period where the only thing the Jackets couldn't do was get a goal. But they played great on, on all on all facets. And then, boom. Second period starts early in the second period. One of the, you know, I think it was the fourth shot of the game. I'm pretty sure, and the first shot of the period, Penguins go on top. Jackets have a terrible penalty. Jacket two nothing Penguins. Then it's three nothing Penguins, and then the Jackets do score a goal, which I think is significant only because you needed some. You know, it's nice to have some positivity and, and to have that feeling of getting a goal. But I look at this as kind of like this was a kind of an, a pretty good opportunity maybe for the Jackets and didn't quite take advantage of it tonight. No, this honestly, if if you're Columbus, I'm not just saying this because I'm a Pittsburgh you know, guy. Uh, I do love Columbus, too. I was one to eight games this year. But uh, this is a very discouraging loss. This is a very discouraging loss. Uh, the fact that in the biggest storyline was that Matt Murray, the Penguins' starting goaltender, didn't even play. Marc-Andre Fleury played because Murray came up lame, I guess, He's been dealing with a lingering you know, injury for a little bit, and he kind of has been coy about it, and the Penguins finally realized it and said, well, you can't play in this game. So, you know, Marc-Andre Fleury, who is, is historically flaky, but when he's good, he is historically good. I mean, this is a guy that had 50-some saves in a, in a Stanley Cup final in a must-win game for the Penguins almost a decade ago. I mean, this is a guy that I would argue is a Hall of Fame goalie. I'm not going to get much support in that argument just because – you know, Flurry can be flaky, <laughs> but tonight he was on. And he had, you know, if you told me, Brian, you know, in the first period, Columbus is going to get 16 shots on goal on Mark Andre Flurry. I'm, I'm honest. I'm telling you, okay, well, they they could be up three to one or three nothing or two. You know, they would at least have two goals, I would assume, because you know, Flurry being cold and whatnot. But he rose to the challenge, and he is a very veteran goaltender. Um, there's a lot of talk. With the new expansion team, the Penguins have to leave players exposed in the off season. That he might be one of the guys, so he he might that may have been his last playoff start in Pittsburgh. You, you don't know. So he played incredibly well, uh, and yeah, in the second period, the Penguins just went on, on a blitz on the net, and they started evening out the shots. Uh, the Penguins now versus years before, they have a lot of depth on this team. Brian Rust had a goal. Uh, Kessel had a goal. Hornquist who. Uh, was on those Red Wings teams that were great in, in the late 2000s. He's on the Penguins now, made some plays. Uh, Malkin was injured near near the end of the season with a shoulder injury. He played tonight, had two assists. And, and that, honestly, it, it, that's the crusher, in my opinion, right there, is that 
you know, if Sidney Crosby doesn't have to do anything and the Penguins are winning, uh, they're scoring three goals in a period, that's a major issue. Um, he was a decoy tonight. And then that's, you know, if you're going to have Mulkin play well, the series is going to end. You have to neutralize one of them. And it, it should, in my opinion, it's Mulkin. Uh, Mulkin's been the Penguin killer before. He was the Penguin killer, or I'm sorry, the Blue Jacket killer uh, in 2014. Uh, Columbus played a little better at the end of the third, you know, second half of the third. Now, now, admittingly, you know, Pittsburgh was playing a lot more dump and chase. Um, but I will say one thing, and, and I'm surprised that, that you know, Brian uh, Columbus kept their cool in the postgame interviews. There was the constant talk about experience and what was this like for experience. I mean, this was a team that was what fifth in scoring this or fifth in overall points this season, and they were in the race for the Presidents Cup. I mean, if I was a player, I'd be so sick of answering questions like that and say, "No, it's over. We're in the playoffs. We were a three seed. You know, or you know, we can't continue to talk about how young we are. We have to talk about winning, and that to me would be infuriating. But um. Yeah, that's where I'm at. I mean, if you're now, I will say this. You know, Columbus won in Pittsburgh in Game Two a year ago. They've got to slow down the pace. Uh, you know, and that's the thing that I I was kind of worried about going into the series for four of the Blue Jacket fans was that uh, they play a very similar style to Pittsburgh, but but Pittsburgh just plays it better than anyone. So they're going to have to slow down the game. They're going to have to contain Mulkin. Um, I would start a fight. There was some testiness in this game with Hartnell especially. But no, no big fights. Uh, I, if I was Columbus, I you have to muddy, you have to <laughs> play Detroit Piston old school basketball, but but convert it into hockey. Um, that that's that's what you have to do. But uh, I don't know, Brian. I mean, I I think you know obviously game two is a must win, must win for Columbus. Would you agree with me, or, or do you do you think they could they could pull off you know going down two nothing, but then you know winning it nationwide and getting two wins? I think it's a must win. What say you for game two? Yeah, I, I, I agree it's a must-win. I'm with you 100%. I think, you know, you, you've you been consistent all along, and, and and I agree with you 100% the more I thought about it, that the Jackets needed to win a series. And and, and the NHL's bullshit, stupid rules, uh, they are what they are. It is what it is. Yeah. Um, you know, the, you have to win the President's Cup. If you don't, you're fucked. I mean, that's pretty much <laughs> pretty much where we are right now. Um, and that's not going to happen because the Capitals were the best regular season team last year, and they are this year, and they look like the team that should win the Stanley Cup, but it doesn't mean they will. Uh, I don't want to disrespect Pittsburgh by, by, you know, saying that that wouldn't be uh, – couldn't potentially, you know, happen. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, if, you, if, if the goal is, you know, just to feel good about yourself and win one or two games, and you don't know they have to win game two. But if you actually want to make a believer – out of the fans and out of yourselves, I think it's not really about the fans. The fans are going to be there. Columbus fans are great. Jackets fans are going to be wild. It does. If the Penguins win seven nothing in Game Two, it's it's still going to be electric at Nationwide. So from that perspective, I have absolutely no concerns. But I think that yeah, if you have any real dreams, realistically, have any dreams of trying to to win this series. You can't put yourself in a position where you have to feel like you, you have to come back. And that's what's going to happen if the, you know, if, if the Jackets don't win. They're going to be down 2-0, and they're really going to have to battle to, to try to make it interesting. And, and when you've not been there and you're facing the reigning Stanley Cup champions with a ton of experience, you can't afford to go down 2-0. So whereas the conventional wisdom usually says, well, you know, 
you take care of home ice or home court or home field or whatever it is. Uh, in this case, the Penguins are still going to feel pretty great and, and should. Penguins fans are going to still feel pretty great. They might be a little bit annoyed and a little concerned if they don't get this game because, of course, you know, it's a long playoffs and, and you'd really like to try to wrap it up as, as early as possible and, and like to put yourself in a position with a win in game two where you technically don't even have to win in Columbus the whole series. Um, if the, obviously if the Jackets win, then, 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 you know, then the Jackets are kind of in, in that position where they can take care of business at home and, and have a chance to, to get it done. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it, I think it sucks that the Jackets are in this position, but they're in it. And I'm hoping that they are able to come out and, and, you know, I don't want to say have a better start because, they had a great start, but I'm hoping that they're able to parlay that, parlay that, you know, uh, this good start into a lead. And I, and I do think that this is a team we've seen throughout the year from a confidence perspective, you know, give them the lead. And with Bob, you're going to feel like, Hey, they got a shot. If they can get that first goal and just get that momentum to start, you're going to feel like uh, there's a shot. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree, but, but yeah, yeah, you got to win game two. <laughs> All right, bud, let's move on to baseball. We've got about you know four or five minutes left on the abbreviated Yardro show. Uh, talk me off the ledge, bud. Pirates are three and five, uh, not playing well. Uh, they were absolutely hammered by the Reds, were swept. None of the three games were close. Uh, pitching looked terrible. Uh, the only positive would be that Andrew McCutcheon's hitting well. Uh you know, he was, you know, had a terrible, um, you know, most of 2016 got hot near the end. But, but, yeah, man, I know it's only been, you know, eight games, but pretty depressed so far. Talk me off the ledge, buddy. What? Uh, conversely, Reds fans are squawking everywhere that, that they're 7-2, and two, best start since the wire-to-wire 1990 Reds. Uh, so, 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 you know, what's more realistic, the Pirates get back on track or the Reds come back to reality? Let me let me start off with this. Before I try to make you feel better, let me say something to Reds fans. Tom Browning ain't walking through that door, baby. Jose Rijo ain't walking through that door. And Brian Price was the pitching coach for Lou Pinella, the manager of the 1990 Reds. But Lou Pinella ain't walking through that door. The Reds, good for them. They got off to a good start. The Diamondbacks are off to a good start. Lots of teams that suck are off to good starts. We'll get off to good starts. The Indians in 2002, after everything ended, you know, the, the, from 94, you know, in a strike, strike shortened season to 2001, the Indians were in the playoffs every year, but two, this 2000 and then 94, because there was no playoffs. The Indians started off 11 and one. They were awful. And they ended up having a horrendous year and finished last, I believe, but it, uh, what, it doesn't matter where they finished. They were horrible. So it's the first week of the season. It, you can't sit here, in my opinion, and say, you know, uh, it come June, everyone says, oh, baseball season's too long. And, you know, in June or July, a team has a bad week and people don't freak out. That's what this is. You had a good week or you had a bad week. It's going to happen over a long season. The Reds pitching's awful. So I'm not worried about them at all. I think that they have a shot to finish, but I, no, I don't think they have much of a chance to finish better than that unless the Pirates really, really fall apart. Um but I think Milwaukee is a better team. I think they'll finish last in the, in the NL Central Division. From the Pirates' perspective, look, I can't completely talk you off the ledge because you have no chance of winning the division, but I would say the same thing to a Cardinals fan. And the Cardinals are a team you can never really count out because they're the best organization, I think, in all of baseball. So, I, I, you know, 
it's hard for me to say it's going to be okay because, you know, I don't know if it's going to be okay. It's going to be really, really hard for the Pirates to make the playoffs like it is for any team to make the playoffs when the division is impossible because you're not going to beat the Cubs, who, who you know, won 100 last year and could, you know, I'm not saying they'll win 100 again, but they could. So, uh, you know, from that perspective, be happy, at, you know, that Andrew McCutcheon, hopefully this is a sign of things to come. He was horrible last year. Before that, he was tremendous. He was an MVP and one of the best overall players in baseball. Uh, he had talked about and said he was on a mission and has been great. You know, Gregory Polanco is going to be fine. He's going to be a good, going to be great. He's, he's had a terrible year except for one game. Starling Marte is, is a really good young player. The point being, there is talent there. You know, the starting rotation, the bullpen, we'll see. You know, it's hard to say what's going to happen there. You know, you don't have Mark Melanson, who was tremendously reliable at the end of that bullpen anymore. So it's not, it's not going to be easy. But I will tell you this, uh, you know, it's too early to freak out and – you know, definitely don't, you know, it, it's easy for me to say don't don't get upset about the Reds. You, you never want a team that is a division rival, especially a bigger rival in a different sport like football where you don't like Cincinnati for that reason. You know, it's a, it, it sucks. It sucks to get crushed by a team you don't like, but it's going to happen. I'm confident the Pirates will crush the Reds in the series this year. I'm confident that will happen. So I think it's going to be, be all right from the perspective of, you know, this is not a reason to overreact big picture. Am I sitting here saying they're going to make the playoffs? Am I predicting they're going to make the playoffs? No, I'm not, because there's too much talent, and only two teams get a chance to play in the wild card game. So I don't know if it made you feel better, but at least you got to laugh and enjoy the fact that I ripped on the Reds because they are awful, and, and they will get down to earth eventually. <laughs> let's, let's do two more things. Well, I'm going to wrap up baseball with this. The Indians, you know, I, I – I will. I'll say one thing. They're certainly not the, the Pirates. Rather, they're not the '98 win outfit that they were two years ago. And watching this team play has already reminded me that next time, because two years ago I debated because I don't live in Pittsburgh. I debated getting uh, the package because I could see all their games. I elected not to. Next, I promise you, next time the Pirates have a team that's worth buying a package for, I will. Because there honestly is nothing better than watching a team that you know in baseball is good and watching them for six months. I'm so upset now that I didn't do that two years ago. didn't enjoy that team more two years ago. Because right now I'd kill to watch a team that I knew was going to win 90-plus games. So, uh, and we'll talk a lot more Indians down the pike. Uh, we didn't get to her on this show. But uh, uh, one thing I wanted to say real quick about baseball, then we're going to get our predictions and we're going to wrap the show yeah, up. And, and, uh, I was and, 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 and when you're done, I do want to make one comment. I do want to make one comment at the Indians, and then I'll just throw it back to you to wrap up the show. Yeah. So go ahead. Let's do it. Let's do it. I don't like the Cubs, and I love that it rained on the, literally rained on their parade a few nights ago. I love that, and I love that their 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 celebration was spoiled like that because I don't like the Cubs. I don't, you know, and I I don't I know them. why. I don't like them. I don't like how they were. I mean, that 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 team was celebrated for losing so much, and now they win. Now all of a sudden they think they're the modern day Yankees. Like I don't understand it. I don't like it. I can't stand their fan base. Um, I've, I I can't stand it. I. I there's people in, in, in my hometown, whenever I go back to visit, never wore cup stuff as long as I've known them, 30-some years. Now, all of a sudden, I see Cubs hats on them. What happened? So, I don't like the Cubs. That's all I got on that. Uh, what do you got with the Indians, my man? Yeah. 
and I agree, agree, agree with you 100%. I, I hate the Cubs <laughs> and, and Cubs fans. And, yeah, I agree. Everyone jumps on everyone jumps on the bandwagon, and I don't like that. You know, so I, it's, I don't like the Yankees. I, 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 don't, I don't really like the – I don't really hate the Cowboys like I maybe should because people do that with them too, but they've also been not good and haven't won a Super Bowl in so long that it's a little different. But my, my brief note on the Indians, and I'll throw it back to you, is that – you know, same kind of thing. There's some people who are very frustrated about the Indians. Most aren't because I think people get it. You know, the Indians are off to a rough start offensively for the most part. They swept the, the Rangers and Texas great series, and then since then they've played very poorly. And all I'm going to say is if you're concerned about Edwin Encarnacion, in fact, he's not hitting, or concerned that, that most of the lineup, with the exception of, you know, uh, Francisco Lindor, most of the lineup isn't hitting. I mean – that's going to happen. The Indians are four and four, and they're not really hitting much. What does that tell you? That's pretty cool. That gives that gives you an understanding. This team can win offensively. This team can win with pitching and defense in the bullpen. Uh, defense maybe not. I don't. I don't know. The defense infield's good. Outfield maybe not as much. Great catching defensively, but the guys look awful. Uh, it's early in the year. It's not a big deal. Uh, I'm I'm very excited about what we're going to see. I'm so happy Michael Brantley got a walk off on opening day. That was amazing. Uh, it was a pretty rough game. Edwin Encarnacion had two ground in the double plays with the bases loaded and had two strikeouts. It was a terrible start for him. And, and his failure to get a, a runner, Lindor, home from third in tonight's game with less than two outs actually did potentially cost, you know, did cost the Indians a game because if he does that, it's a tie game. You go into extras, the Indians have a better bullpen, have a, have a you know, good shot to take the first two against the White Sox. But it's early. The Indians are going to be great. I'm not worried at all about them. I'm very excited, and I look forward to, uh, you, know, conti- you know, again, not to, to rub it in, but I am excited. I get to enjoy six months of Indians baseball and watch this journey and, uh, and go from there. So I, I will give it back to you to wrap up our, our brief Yard Row show and uh, promise we will do uh, a longer one next week. And I did enjoy – I saw the Indians AL championship rings. I think it's cool in baseball that they give rings uh, for the league champions. I think in baseball it's, it's huge. I mean, it's hard to win any – it's hard to make the postseason in baseball, let alone win a league. I thought their rings were awesome. Uh, I got to see those the other night when they were unveiled online. Um, all right, last thing, man, let's predict. I think Pittsburgh is going to win in six. Uh, I thought it was going to be seven potentially, but uh, – I don't know. I think I think Columbus. I, I initially was going to think five. I'm going to give Columbus a little more credit than that and go six. Um, Columbus Pittsburgh looked like the vastly better team tonight. And if Columbus is going to make this a series, they, they've got to muck up. They've got to muck up game two, and then find a way to win. Uh, you know, split at least split uh, their next two games in Columbus after that. But I'm going to go Pittsburgh in six. Uh, in the first round, I, I think the Cleveland wins in five. I don't know. I don't. I think the LeBron first round sweeps come to an end. I do think they do win the series, and I think you're going to see some 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 Paul George LeBron James shootouts. They had that famous one in the 2014 playoffs. Then they had the, the, the really good one in the regular season earlier this month, or was it late last month? I can't recall at this moment. But regardless, I like them in five. So to recap, Pens in five and six, and I, I like the Cavs in five. What do you got, Brian, for your first-round NHL and NBA uh, predictions? All right, so I'm very lucky. I work in, a, in an environment. I'm on the phone, so, you know, it makes sense. And I was like, I'm so lucky. I work in a really cool environment where I can wear what I want to work. 
I am actually currently wearing my blue alternate Brandon Saad jersey. I wore it, and, and every Penguins fan that I talked to today, I'm not, you know, this is going to sound pathetic, but it's, it's truth. I congratulated all of them on winning the series because I knew even before the series started, this is not, you're not going to beat the Penguins. It's not going to happen. I think the Jackets get one game. It ends in five. I agree. I'm not going to – I can't go so comfortable predicting the Cavs to, to sweep. They've been too bad uh, this year. They've not been consistent enough, and Paul George is a star. So that's what I got. I'm going to go eat. You have a wonderful evening, sir, and uh, we'll see uh, – we'll talk to you again next week. All right, for Brian, this is Brian. So long. We'll see you next week on the GR Bro Show. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.